B-b-b-bonus! What the hell is going on? Oh, look out! Piper, now! Here are these words, here are the rhyme. Piper, page, Piper, Here are the words, Keep it going, Phoebe. Here are now the words of the witches. The words of the witches. The words of the witches. Through Piper, page, Hear now the words of the Keep witches. Keep it going, Phoebe. Keep it going. Hear now the words of the Keep chanting. Words of the witches. Hear now the words of the witches. Finish the story. Through Piper Page. Keep chanting. Hear now the words of the witches. Keep chanting. What ass backwards spell did you guys cast? This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches. We are back at Words of the Witches. This is part two of the three-part bonus series of the Moral Alignment in Charmed. And today we're talking about good, part two. Ethan is back with me, again, continuing the journey. <laughs> yes. Hello, hello. Hello, I'm so excited. I feel like this one's a little more ambiguous, so I want to like... Yes, evil was gonna pretty be much... figuring it out. Yeah, evil was easy to figure out because it's just, they're a constant in the show. And while these good, this good and neutral to come are throughout the show, you know, it's we, we don't think about them as much, so... Yeah, it's almost like the premise of the show is confronting evil and discovering like the evil threats... Like the focus is so much on evil, whereas like kind of along the way you you kind of encounter other forces of good, like by circumstance. So I'm like, I feel like it's just not as direct. So right. like, this will be interesting. Yeah. So let me let's give a little introduction about what good is. So the forces forces of good are led by the Council of Elders, and they consist of good witches, white letters, angels. Benevolent supernatural beings such as leprechauns and nymphs, the whole magical community community is in there. Um, and good beings provide healing, foster positive emotions, and attempt to protect innocence and vanquish evil or vanquish evil. We say in my podcast sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your general feelings about good? I mean, I guess they're nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the thing is, is that. I feel like with good, it's a sense of, like, I feel pretty easily in the show, like, they define, like, if harm none, do what you will. Like, magic is, you're not supposed to use it for personal gain. So yeah, there's the an Wicked element Reed. of, mm -hmm. right. So I feel like that's kind of a basis of what, what defines good when you do things to protect innocence, selflessly, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh... I have to think about it though, because we talked about how in evil, they, we still believe that they might have the possibility to feel emotion and do good good things, but they repress that a lot of the time. Do you think yeah. the same could be true for <clears throat> good? Um, yeah, I think that's. I feel like if one is one, I feel like it, it has to work both ways. Sure. You know, sure. like, and I feel like, like I said last episode, like Phoebe. I think is a perfect example of the possibility that every person inside of them has to like to go down that path. It's kind of this choice, you know, in some ways. Right. And you can 
become evil to good or good to evil. We've seen that happen where people shift just by, yes. you know, little things. Either they choose to, most of the time they are, or even like spells put on them. There, yeah. There's that option too, so. Well, kind of like when the when the Book of Shadows turned evil mm -hmm. and then they became evil, it's kind Bright of like- gloom, yeah. Right, so there's times when magic can turn you into evil, um, or there's times when bad choices and like, the thing is that what it reminds me of is kind of like um, Sam almost, but that's a part that kind of, I kind of think about is like Paige's dad was a white lighter. He wasn't making necessarily good choices, but he just kind of fell into like that lost category. Yeah. He was just a lost person. So I feel like the question is whether, whether, you know, like, cause like we've established that the show had this kind of breeding element to it where like you're either born good or you're born evil in certain ways. And then there was other times where it was, you could make choices and go down one or the other. So I feel like it can get, it's a little bit of inconsistency. It gets muddy. It gets muddy for sure. Because yeah. they say that your place in life, either good or evil will dictate your behavior. Whereas a lot of times your behavior kind of puts you where where you end up so it's very muddy trickiness i it's hard well it's to like the point. well also it's it, i think it goes back to the nature versus nurture thing mm -hmm. it's the question of is it your experiences that affect your mind that affect your choices or is it your like your breeding and your psychological like genealogy that that makes you make certain choices like i feel like it's it's kind of the question of in certain situations it could be either Sure. And it should be noted that a good being can com I can talk. A good being can commit an act of great evil without being turned to the side of evil. Okay. So think about like when I think of like the finale of season six, for instance. You know, Gideon's like to Leo's like, what are you doing? A great evil. And he the whole like, you know, and he kills him. Um Yeah, yeah. Or like when Chris, I mean, this is in season six when they didn't know what to do with his character, but he's killing Valkyries. <laughs> like, ooh. Yeah. Questionable. You know, very yes. shady stuff. Um, so there is so, that, like, that's the gray area where you yeah. see people kind of, they, they dip their toe a little bit into the questionable. Like, they, they start acting with evil intent. Like, they're really essentially making those types of choices. So. Right. Um, and I guess we should think about like, there's no real reason why they don't turn evil because of this, or they don't go down the road of evil. Uh, and I guess the argument can be made is that it's because they felt guilt for their actions. And so mm -hmm. they, maybe they believe that their actions serve the greater good, whatever that means. Everyone goes yes. on about the greater good. <laughs> well, I think, I think the two examples you use are perfect examples of that. Like with Leo, he was trying to it was almost like he was he was protecting his children mm -hmm. from this force that you know like from gideon which he didn't know was gideon and then he killed get like so he that was in the the pursuit of protecting his children which was in a greater good and then chris was trying to save the future so he did some questionable things in the pursuit of a greater good right so i think that's where it gets i feel like that's where the gray area is it's like maybe the question is what is your ultimate goal like what are you what are you what are you going after in the pursuit of these things
maybe yeah how how reasonable how you know sympathetic are your reasons so well also even like like a good example is like there are times when even like the elders which are like the poster child for good oh my god they do some stuff where you're like where you're like that's kind of really crappy or they did like whenever in the end of season seven when they kind of just shut themselves off from the traumas because they think they're gonna die so they're kind of like we're gonna wash our hands of you and you can like that was a little bit of betrayal and it wasn't necessary it was just self-preservation and that seems a little bit we will get to that for me i believe the elders are the greatest evil in the entire series (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, I, think, I hate them so much. Yes. I, I totally subscribe to that. I, I, I believe that too. Um, so when we start our hierarchy, um, let's talk about the elders a bit. Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, but Gideon was an elder who, again, thought he was doing the greater good. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop Wyatt from turning evil and shifting the balance in the grand design. Everyone goes on about the grand design a lot, which co- will come up more in, in the neutral. But um, yeah, so I was saying, so one of the points that I think like I like to think is, is I feel like the writers used the elders as a, because I know, especially when they started the show, there was a lot of concern over the reception of the Wiccan aspect and how it was going to be like Satanist. And they were concerned that people would reject the show because of that. And I think that, you know, part of the tri like the triquetra is also like a Christian symbol of the Holy Trinity. And like, there's some kind of, and they were afraid of using the pentagram and pentacle because of that reason too. Yes. So there is this kind of almost association with Christianity and, um, more kind of, I guess, American accepted ways of religion and stuff. So I think um, the elders, I think a lot of times played that like high council, like, like the, like the church. And there were times when they were very morally kind of, um, they kind of had their noses up at everybody and felt like they were higher than thou and this side of sort of attitude. And I feel like Gideon is an example of someone who in the name of what they believe is good, does great evil because they get to carried away with this myopic view of what the church believes or like whatever this thing believes and what we stand for and fighting for that. Mm. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's where a lot of that narrative was based, you know, that made them kind of evil in a way. And I think it, there has to be some kind of ego and selfishness attached to that too. Like you say, you're, you know, you're doing it for the church or the greater good, but really it's to, to make it sure that you look good in the eyes of your superior or the people. Yeah. Who it's, look yeah, it's this very like, like performative kind of like we need, to... I want to heaven, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, well, we have a standard, we have a way of doing things and that kind of intolerance around alternative routes to getting to the same end. It's like, you have to do it our way. You have to be like us. So, and I think that's the, the other thing I wanted to mention was I feel like the greatest good in the hierarchy, which when we start to stack, I'm sure we can get we can get to that. But yeah. the I feel like the charmed ones are that center of the universe because they are uh, like they have a humanity about them that lets them see alternative. They're not the extremes, and they're that yeah. they're that middle ground that I think allows them to have every consi- like they have bits of of maybe evil tendencies when the situation provokes. They have bits of mm-hmm. everything, um, which makes them 
I think moderate and full, like whole. I don't know if that makes exactly. any sense, but yeah. No, humanity is nuanced and layered and messy and it's and that's the, that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what gives you the freedom to see things differently or explore areas that, you know, those extremes can't see. Right. So I get it totally. Yeah. So do we want to, what do we, what do we want to do? Do we want to start with the hierarchy? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have the elders right at the top and that does not to say that they are the most powerful thing in the universe because we do know there are beings that exist above them. Right. But for good, for the hierarchy of good. For the hierarchy of good. So they're the, I believe they're the top tier of the good category. Yeah, they're the elites of the of the good sector. <laughs> yes. You know, they always try to micromanage everybody. They have their little white letter minions. They want to have an <laughs> eye on the, the witches that, you know, they're, they're good the big witches, brother so you... just constantly looking and watching everything. Yes. Yeah. Do what I say. Uh, you know, and it's so crazy to me whenever the show talks about how the powers come from the elders or the our elders have the ability to suppress the, like when they take Phoebe's powers away and you know, your premonitions come when I tell you, you get a premonition. Yeah. I hate that so much because that does not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Does not well, feel... I think it's almost like it was like, that was when they almost, it was like, they were the judge. Like this was a government. They had this like similar to like a government because they are, I guess, governors of good in some way. And they, they like passed a sentence down to Phoebe. And I felt like that was a weird thing to do. And then they revoked her powers, which I'm like, that's, I, I totally agree. I'm like, that makes no sense to, to, to give them the ability to govern in that way. Like that's not, mm-hmm. no, that open, that's a no. precedent precedent for them to do all sorts of other crazy stuff that like, I don't think they should be able to do. Right. Because for me, like the powers and everything should be just a part of them that exists and it's you know their their it's like their responsibility to deal with it in their own way yes. and, and it's like fiber of their you know. their being it's part of who they yes. are it's not something you can extract yes. like like if i'm like if you were to equate magical powers to like an artist and their artistic skill like my creativity or whatever you can't like go oh well you used your creativity poorly so we're going to extract that from you it's like that doesn't make you <laughs> exactly. can't punish someone in that way I just it and, doesn't make sense. Yeah, and say they go against like the innate rule about personal gain, which they do a lot. And you know, if that's if that's going to be reason to take away the powers or have repercussions for it, that should be the universe itself or the grand design or the people above them that would have that kind of power, not the. Well, others. also, I think that for so. anything like that's innately wrong, there's a natural consequence that comes of it. That's why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you do something, it's the universe, yeah, like like when Phoebe in in like the. I forget which episode it was. It was when she became a uh, like the hotel psychic in the early season one, and yeah, Dead Man Dating. Yes, you're so good with the recall. Um, and she 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 did she got the lottery ticket, and she I, I think that was the same episode. Oh, that that no, that one's I've got you under my skin. Oh, okay, okay. And she <laughs> and so it's like that was the first example of personal gain. It's just not going to work. Like it'll just erase itself, and you can't use your powers in that way. Like that's the consequence. It's not like. Well, but you chose to do that, so we're going to punish you and take your power. Like it's just, I totally agree. That was a, that was that was some random other writer that came into the group and decided to do that. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, they mixing it up. So, so in my way, no matter how many times they might say the elders have something to do with it, 
I don't agree. I beseech that. I reject Yeah, and, and one, one last thing. Like, one thing I always thought was really weird about the elders was that they did have such a, like, a hold on every... Like, they were constantly able to peek in on They had their hand in everything. Yeah, they were so controlling and involved. And I'm like, any any institution or thing that feels like it needs to be that micromanaging and involved and aware of every little thing that's going on to, is like is exercising a level of desire to control in a way that i don't think can that's nefarious to have that level of insecurity that we need to watch you we need to control you mm-hmm. like that's also a little little iffy to me it's very it's very culty very culty you know? yes Eek, eek. Um, so let's get into why I I think the elders are the worst thing ever. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, they have this whole benevolent appearance and they keep they want to keep these appearances. Yeah, they're the ones keeping secrets, you know, controlling people, killing behind the closed doors. Like <laughs> I just it's and they they're you know they're always doing the shady the secret stuff the whole thing with leo in season seven when they try to you know wipe his memory and and, and still and they're still cheating at the same time this must be your choice we're gonna we're not gonna let you say goodbye to anybody we're gonna make you do this and then we're gonna cheat and sway you to our side anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> that made an enormous um, point about the elders because up until that point like i know in the beginning they were kind of like they were like it was kind of through leo it was like piper would hear that leo it's like kind of like oh my boss is calling me i have to go like someone who just has a crazy work schedule yeah there's always this elusive like my job my boss like that sort of thing always pulling him away but then whenever you actually see and they reveal like more about what the elders actually are i feel like all they do is make the point that they're just like toxic and just very controlling and very like nefarious like they want control they're this fake goodness they're essentially kali in the mirror going like Oh, Aviva, I, you know, and you know, they, they're, they're, they're two-faced. And so their true self is always hidden under this mask of lovely goodness. And they have motives. They have ulterior motives that they're not necessarily always upfront about. And that's what makes them cunning. That's a cunning aspect yeah. to them that, that does not ring like good to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, it's so bothersome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's move on a little okay, bit. So we got the uh, elders at the top, at least in the sector of elders at the top. Yes. Um, then I have. That's not even what I have. This is just elder history that I have notes of that I don't need right now. <laughs> um, and it makes me wonder, like, why they created the white lighters. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they say go out and and be our. Well, they're meant to, like, I guess the point... Disciple, I guess. Yeah, I, that's, again, it's the church structure. It's like you have the, mm-hmm. the heads, and then it just, it kind of has this... It's a, it's it's almost like a hierarchy in and of itself, like with the elders and then the the white lighters and then the, like... The witches. And, the, yeah, and... like the white lighters to be in training. Yeah. Like, it's like... Sure. Yeah. So... All right, so we, I guess we have after them white lighters. Then, right, that would make sense. Yes, and they are the ones that protect the good witches and future white lighters to, you know, 
add to their cult, yeah. add to their followers. Yeah, and I think well, I think it's there's two elements there. It's first to kind of um, let me put it this way. I always felt like it, there was a bit of a predatory um, thing. It's kind of like in The Wizard of Oz when like Glinda shows up when Dorothy lands in Oz and she's like, I need you to go on this journey and like do my dirty work for me. It's kind of like the elders have a motive to combat evil and whatever their enemy that they, they say is. Then you have the charmed ones when they come to power, Leo shows up. Like they get right in there and then they kind of have Leo constantly guide. Like, and I guess if you agree with their moral compass, then you would see it as guiding. If, but sure. if you disagree, then you would think it was manipulation. It was them getting into it right. and kind of not, maybe not brainwashing, but just influencing the charmed ones mm -hmm. and, and how they chose to, to use their powers, you know? Yeah. And, you know, not, it's not saying that every decision the elders or the white layers make are bad because they they have done a lot of good in the world. They have saved people and they've done good things. Right. But it, it's scary to think, like, what would happen if you do question them? Do they automatically see you as a threat, as see you as evil well, that's, because yes. you oppose and, them? And that's ultimately what we would see whenever, like, Leo would go against them. When people went against their way of being, they automatically ostracized them as a force of evil. It's either you're with us or you're against us and this divisive mm -hmm. mentality, which is the creator yeah. of evil to begin with. When you choose that, if you have lack of tolerance and whoever is not like you is a form of evil because they threaten your way of your being. Your othering. Right, your yeah, othering. Yes, horrible. exactly. So it's like, if you think about it, like who's actually creating the evil? I mean, obviously demons killing people and innocence is a force. That's obviously evil. But the ones who serve to like i don't know it's it's like it, it's it's strange and in, in the pursuit of their way of being i feel like their intolerance makes them like questionable so mm -hmm. it's but ultimately i think if you look at the ultimate picture like demons are killing people they're obviously bad um and the elders are promoting a some sort of system of protection for the innocence of the world. So ultimately, even though they sometimes have to go by nefarious means or alternative routes to get there that are questionable, and they have to kind of put their morals aside for a moment for the greater good, as we see Chris do, as we see Leo does, they do it as well. And I think that probably the intention with the show is to show the, the fact that sometimes in the pursuit of good, you have to you have to sometimes yeah deviate make those, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, and white letters i feel like white letters are generally inherently good like i feel like they're much more a force of good than the elders themselves so yeah it's kind of like because, it's kind of like when you're at work and your manager is like not your enemy it's the guy above them that's telling them to do everything yeah it's kind of like that it's like he's just the messenger you know he's just the guide mm -hmm. he's just someone there to try and help you through it right and to think you know that white letters come from people who are really wonderfully lovely do-gooders in their life yeah lifetimes so i would feel like they have just that pure selflessness and that pure compassion that gives them that thing although <laughs> while we're on the subject of elder and white letters 
I feel like sometimes elders make white lighters as a political play. <laughs> okay, okay. I.e. Kyle Brody. Yes. I do not think he deserved to be a white letter at all because he showed none of the characteristics that we would usually see from a future white letter. Yes. I <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess what that puts into question is what necessarily constitutes an action to grant you the chance when you die to become a... Like, we know with Leo, he pretty much sacrificed himself for, you know, the people that like, in the war and all of that. When it comes to Kyle... Like, what was the initial, like, what was the thing that he did that was so courageous? I know he was, like, well, he, like, he worked with Zanku to destroy the avatars. That's and the what moment it was. That one, yeah, it, that, yeah. okay, political and the moment, play. I see it, I see it. Exactly. And then the moment one, like, died, when it, the moment they died, he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done this. Here's how you can stop him. Like, you cannot have a change of heart now. It's too late. It doesn't make any sense for your character. Yeah. But sure. Yeah, it's like he abandoned <laughs> all that he had pursued for so long. And it's like, if you're someone who has this, the entire, this yeah. almost evil villainous vendetta to like of revenge to get them back and to kill the murderers of your parents. And then you just all of a sudden, it's like, what? Is this some story of like the, the skies opening up and you become all of a sudden enlightened? And now you know, like, that's the thing. It was like a moment of repentance. And I was like, I, I didn't really buy it. Right. So, and... Yeah, for me, I don't know if. See, for for me, I believe that future white letters should not be aware of their f future white letter status. Like, I know this gets changed a little bit in season eight with Mikkel and Paige, and Paige tells her like, "Yeah, you're a future white letter," uh, <laughs> but in the past, it's usually something that they get guided by a white letter, you know, to help sh make sure they're on the right path and do the things they're supposed to to become a future white lighter. Um, but I feel like that's something that you don't find out until actually you die and you get that offer. Right. And I think, I think that's definitely something that they developed along the way. Like when it was Leo and Leo was the light white lighter and it was pretty much like, it was almost like, you know how like with the Valkyries and how, with like Valhalla, how they would take soldiers and who mm -hmm. were valiant fighters and, you know, and they would, they would take their souls. Um, it's it's like that's kind of how Leo was. It was like it was like you were a valiant, good soul. Now you get to almost live forever as an angel, and be a white lighter. Not an angel, but a white lighter. And I feel like I, it started to change almost as like Paige was a recruiter for other white lighters in like this corporation yeah. type thing. Like they're like we need we need people to go scout for new white lighters like. That's your yeah. job page. like, <laughs> And it makes me wonder too, because I believe too, like if you, because you definitely have to die to become a white letter, but I feel like if you die before you do all of the things that you're supposed to, to reach that, like a level of, of white letterdom, that you might miss your chance. Like I think of, for instance, like um, in Saving Private Leo, mm -hmm. uh, the teacher that, Leo was helping. She was a future white letter, but then she was killed by the Lang brothers. Yeah. She just moved on. I don't believe she became a white letter at all because she, I mean, while she was definitely a do-gooder in the world, I don't know if she did the thing that made her right. qualify. I right. Guess. She just didn't get chosen, I guess. And that's part of why Leo was so broken up about it because 
they lost someone that was supposed to join their forces. I think that that's, but see, they. I think that if you go by the rules that they they kind of establish in the show, they could have made her a white lighter. They could. So have. I think the yeah. only reason, if you think from a writer standpoint, like they must not have done it because then why would Leo? be so distraught at the loss of this woman because right. if she gets this right. kind of reward as a white lighter and now he, yeah. she's around walking around living life helping people she's able to continue on and life Ex becomes yeah. kind of irrelevant at that point it didn't matter that she got killed because she mm -hmm. can continue on so exactly. i feel like just for the the impact of the tragedy of like the evil that that guy did killing her and how they tried to get back at leo for it it's like that's the only I feel like that's the only reason it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas I guess in a regular scenario, she should have been. Yeah. So these interesting layers, and I feel like that's something that we don't really get explored in the show. I don't think we get explored in the comics coming up either. Um, but it's something that's always been on my mind. Yeah, like what, like like specifically why they choose this person as opposed to that. Right, and I because I feel like they have to do a, a certain set of things in their life for them to get that that offer at the end yeah to, that qualifies them as that future white yeah it's not status. like every good person so. and every good doer do-gooder becomes a white lighter when they die yeah right that is very interesting but also i think i like mm -hmm. like to our earlier point it does reflect a bit of impartiality or a lack of impartiality where they they are choosing pers people for specific reasons based on specific things that they choose not that mm -hmm. other people aren't worthy but they they seek out certain types so they chose leo they chose this person. they chose to fit whatever their agenda was or whatever they needed you know from that person so yeah. i feel like that kind of reinforces a, a weird little agenda mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's so interesting all right. So after white lighters, I would probably put the charmed ones in there. Mm -hmm. Most powerful witches. I mean, pretty straightforward. And I love how you talked about how they have that connection, that middle ground, the humanity in them. Uh, and I think especially in a hierarchy, I think that even though, like I said at the beginning, that I think that that makes them the greatest force of good because they have that, that they are like the common, they are the middle ground between everything. They're like the sun in the center of the universe. And right. I think that, but that does also think, I think it makes sense that they're in the middle because in this hierarchy, part of their power and their ability to remain moderate, like they're not extreme, they're not susceptible, I think in general, to the extreme behaviors that the elders have, to the demons and all the things that they do, because they are this kind of moderate middle ground in between and they can fight for good and carry forth the, the the morals that the elders are trying to do but in a more nuanced way that i think ultimately is better but it's because they're not at the top of the hierarchy that they are i think able to, to have that position yeah and their flaws give them a, a degree of strength you know, it's it's really interesting that way because yeah, they're definitely flawed characters in a lot of ways. They do things that you know we might not like or we make us not like them as much. Yeah, in some in some instances, but it just goes to show that you know that's more realistic. Yeah, I think that I think that's the thing is is that when you get to like this ultimate good that's like immensely pure, like if you if you make everything too perfectly 
one way, then it's almost like too much cake is not a good thing. You know, it's like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And so I think that's maybe the the basis of their, their storytelling when they show like the elders are extreme. They're almost like all radicals and the charmed ones are the moderate people that take things in measure. Mm -hmm. You need balance. Yes. Balance is very important to the universe, which we'll talk about more in depth when we get to the neutral, but they are that kind of balance. Yes. And I think, I think that's exactly the point because I think on a universal scale, you have the radicals that help balance the universe as a whole. You have the elders, which are extreme good and the, the demons and the, the evil world, which is extreme evil. And that creates balance within the entire universe. But in terms of the, the greatest form of good, those that have the balance within themselves as a person become, I think, the best overall because they have that balance that's necessary to take things in moderation. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after the charmed ones, I put the other angelic beings. You don't think about this, but charmed is full of angelic beings. Yes. Um, can you think of any? Like, um, uh, Melody, right? Would be one. Yes, a muse. Yeah, muse. Yeah, muses are angelic. Um, a, uh, no, not a, um, I don't know, help me out. I'm trying to think of. Sure. Uh, so I have muses, uh, at the top of the angelic the being category. Yeah, they're the ones that inspire passion and creativity, and they're kind of, every person has their own you know, guiding muse. Uh, and then we have the guardian angels, yes. which they call the guardians. Yes. And like someone to which over me. Yeah. Um, and they're just supposed to kind of give you that, like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Instinct, like the <laughs> instinct, like the your instinct like you... helps. Per- like when they, when it says, don't, don't take that step off the, the curb of the, the sidewalk. Before, yeah. And then you, and then a car comes by and you didn't get your inner voice. Yeah. Your inner voice yeah. that, that your conscience or your inner protection. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So that's them, uh, which is crazy. Cause you don't want to be confused by the guardians, which are, <laughs> I guess, I, I guess they would be kind of like a, a evil counterpart to them. Yeah. In a way. You mean to um, the ones that get in your head and say evil things. Well, like you know, think of the ones like uh, honeymoon's over where they like go and they possess like the criminals and there's the whole judge. He always puts a guardian in a new oh, yeah, 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 criminal yeah. and they start yeah. killing people. Yeah. So that's... But they're called the guardians too, which is like. <laughs> that is, I never actually thought about that. That's a bit confusing. It's a bit confusing. <laughs> and, but also and then they also refer to at the same time because they're, they are very like counterparts of each other yeah. with the same name. Right. So I guess it does yeah. make sense. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's, but yeah. It's, I'm like, Oh, thinking about that yeah. and then you think of white letters too who are often called guardian angels for good witches even though they aren't technically the real guardian angel well yeah and that's also one thing i know i'm like in the beginning i think that like i i, I do always have to bring this into my head because whenever you think of the way the premise of the show began it was that like we want this to seem very like good and they're forces of good they're good witches it's all very in good morals and i think the creation of the white letter was like we have to make a point that there are angels and this is like beings of light and goodness. And so I feel like in the beginning, I feel like Leo was supposed to be an angel, like, and the whole orbing with like the swirls of white light, it was like supposed to be this angelic guider guidance that you would get. 
but i think as it went on and they delved into it more they they kind of it shifted it changed where you started to see like real angels other than a white lighter yeah you know right all right so we got muses we got the guardian angels um cupids obviously are an angelic being uh they bring love and they you know bring people together and having chances of love and all that stuff although i think coop was a terrible a cupid (laughs) yeah yeah i thought well i mean it's like i feel like he was a bit of a like he didn't seem like like a cupid because of the way that like he was sent there for like one purpose right just to give phoebe her like it was like this present that the elders decided to gift her Mm. like here's the love of your life there you go maybe maybe like he is useless as a cupid here you can have him he's not doing very well we're gonna let him go anyway so we might as well just shovel him off onto phoebe because she needs a little bit of you know yeah yeah. that's funny but do you know what do you know why i say this it's because you know when he was trying to get phoebe love trying to find her love he was like did this whole cyrano thing with the guy like telling him feeding him lines and essentially lying to phoebe right right like that's not how you do things yeah yeah i feel like wasn't there a um there was another like story i think it was a movie or something i've seen it many like where they tell that story before where like the guy who truly loves the girl ends up helping a different guy get the girl he Mm -hmm. loves and she falls in love with the other guy because he because she falls in love with what she hears from this other guy you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i feel like they just like they wanted to get that was more of a focus on the romantic story. Whereas like, you know, it doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much about the comics, but um, we learn about how cupids are made uh, as well. I don't, have you read the comics before? No. no. Okay. Um, yeah. It's really interesting when we get there, we talk about, uh, it has a connection to like a typical cupid, like the baby and the angel, but it's kind of a, a dark story about how cupids are made essentially they they die in um as a child oh and so they're they're children who have died and instead of becoming white letters they become this cupid thing so dead babies become cupids and then they do and that's why is cupid adult then is that is it because he just grew up and he ages yeah something like that so they kind of grow up I don't remember how they explain it in the comics, but yeah. they do have this whole backstory uh, thing. Yeah. So when we get there, it'll be interesting to explore. Oh my God, but I'm it's, excited. it's quite, it's quite sad. So, all right. It's funny as I'm like trying to come up with like other ones. I'm like, I'm thinking of just the book of shadows pages. I'm like, I'm thinking right. of the pages. I'm like, okay, what is the like, beings of good? Cause like, you know, when Piper is flipping, when it, a page indexes the book and she's like beings of, you know, red. Mm-hmm. I color coded yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so yeah, do you have yeah. okay? Well, do you have any other ones you're you're thinking of? Uh, here's one. Here's an angelic being that probably people don't can think of as, as an angelic being, but um, Sandmen. Yeah, they're forces of good. They're part of the grand design. Yeah, because they they sprinkle you with the dream dust, which allow you to dream, which allows you to work out your own inner conflicts, your own personal troubles. Um, because if you didn't have the opportunity to, to do that in your sleep, you'd go around the world being angry and upset and unruly to everybody. So let me ask you, though, do you think that 
an like if you think of like i think of the angel of like destiny and i think that's mm -hmm. kind of like a functional utility of the universe we need an angel of destiny right. for the function of the balance of something greater than just the battle between good and evil and the sandman fought, feels like he's a bit of a utility to the universe as a function sure like i mean like um what were they um with the with the satyr the um uh, the nymphs. nymphs so they're like they're they they help nature so i guess mm -hmm. i guess instead of being a more like neutral function they're more like maybe like nymphs how nymphs help with nature the sandman is like a man that that feeds and nurtures maybe, maybe dreams. it's about yeah maybe it's about yeah dreams and maybe human nature okay got it got it so you have like the nature of earth and then the human nature yeah uh, is what sandman do hmm? isn't that interesting that's actually that that's what it could be the sandman is like the nymphs to the human psyche <laughs> yeah so cool ah uh, so yeah and it's interesting about sandman i don't think we think about this they can only sleep when all of their charges are awake which is literally never which is yeah. yeah it's like super rare like i don't know how and also it's <sighs> funny like what do they do do they just like go unconscious and just fall asleep or do they like rest like where do they sleep like what like yeah. that like I, when you think into that it's like there's so many questions involved yeah i mean i know they have like their own like kind of like realm they have like a different plane of existence so maybe they just go to their plane but like, that's also where cloud. like the yeah but that's also where the demon in san francisco dreaming attacked him was on his own plane oh right he got... so, so he's got a little place yeah 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 all right after sandman i have pretty much the entire magical community so that nymphs would be in there okay. uh we have dwarfs elves fairies gnomes gremlins and see gremlins on the side of good <laughs> I guess they're just kind of there. They're just doing their own thing. But, uh, you know, leprechauns, mermaids, ogres, oracles, satyrs. So they're just those. And trolls, I think, are on the side of bad, too. But whatever. They just have the magical community at large. But we would, we would but consider like, them like they're part of a magical community because they're just inhabitants that are innately magical. Uh, they don't actually yeah. have, uh, not like they're, they don't have a purpose, but they're not like, they don't have this objective, like, like a sandman would or well i guess exactly. i mean nymphs foster nature but it's not like i don't know they yeah like what's the purpose like well no because each of them i'm wrong because each of them do so like a leprechaun will spread luck throughout the world luck and mm -hmm. um fairies Let's see what else. i don't know what fairies do but <laughs> but they're just innately magical creatures i get it yeah sure yeah and a lot of these different like you know nymphs leprechauns trolls and those are all part of a, a fae lore mm -hmm. like they're all a, a sect of fae uh characters or fae people so okay yeah uh, so people would think of fairies as just like, you know, the typical pixie thing, but pixie is actually a type of fae, but there's, you know, you know, goblins are another fae. They're all part of that umbrella. 
I I never heard of I didn't I've never heard of a fae. I don't I've never heard that. Oh yeah, yeah. So fae is like a race, and the generally uh, they have a human characteristic to them. Okay. So, but the, and they're generally like magical. So they're magical and have human qualities, but they have this whole other you know you know like changelings and things like that. That's all a, a fae. Lore. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's all I have for my good hierarchy. Everybody else I have is under the neutral. So <laughs> wow. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Um Yeah, I mean I think I think in terms of status, like like one thing the last thing I think we could talk about is the um the like towards the the end of the show, like the series when the the charm ones do have that they they kind of develop like not that they don't have a reputation throughout the whole show but towards the end they do kind of become these like like almost like there's an element of fame like whenever the magical community will come to their house with like sword in the stone and everyone was treating them like these like you know like champions of their you know community or whatever and i feel like in some ways like they were seen as at least to the magical community more like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they were a little bit more like, maybe they were like the, the, the tier of a celebrity almost <laughs> because I yeah. guess the Kings and Queens level would be like the elders, I guess, obviously, mm-hmm. but they were like celebrities in the community of the magical. And I just, I always found that interesting how as the show went on, like even the real world, like they, because of the Homeland Security issue and because Phoebe was a columnist and she had a level of fame, they had this like society type of fame that they developed like in San Francisco. And then also Mm -hmm. at the same time, they became like famous in the, (laughs) in the charm, in the little magical community. So I find like, I find that element interesting that, 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 even though I guess in the hierarchy, they were kind of ensconced in the middle. Um, yeah. They were still in that upper part. Like they were prominent figures, I guess. I'm glad you mentioned Excalibur because I did want to bring that up in this as well. Do you consider Excalibur to be a artifact of good or a beacon for good? Hmm. Or do you think it's more about who controls it? Because, I mean, see, in my mind, I always thought of it as like some, you know, a source of great power for those who are worthy. You know, you have to pull it out of the Right, it chooses you, you to, because it, it understands your innate nature and whether you're worthy. You're, you're brave and true and power and, you know, all that stuff. You know, because I, I believe like the whole legend is he had to have this leadership quality, this, you know, pure drive to lead and do good things for the community that lets him bring that, pull that out. So, yeah. Well, then I think, I think, I, I think it would be because I think it, the two things is the sword itself assesses the person who's pulling it out in the sense of, are you a fit leader? Not just if you're mm-hmm. a good person, because, you know, like, I think Paige tries to pull it out and she's a good person. So like, it didn't yeah. work for her. It doesn't work for just a good person. It's, are you fit to lead? And I think anything that bestows great power on someone and judges them worthy or not based off of their innate good nature, I feel like it would be. Like, I think there's a lot of goodness yeah. rooted in the 
the core of that right. object and what how it how it it wouldn't empower someone of evil unless they like cloaked themselves in goodness or did something to to trick it like they do the book of shadows yeah exactly and you know i feel like once it's pulled you know different people still can use it or attempt to use it um they just won't have the opportunity it will just keep fighting them or you know find ways to try to like get back into safety in the stone or whatever but yeah you know you know we see because we've seen um Murdaunt try to use it and it, it still fought him and the whole reason why piper could do it because of wyatt you know is right all, it chose wyatt her because it knew where it was it was putting itself in the hands of someone who could bring it to where it wanted to go. I, mm -hmm. I, and the thing is, I see a lot of parallels with the, the sword and also the book of shadows. There's this kind of this ability to judge the, like it will, it holds great power and great possibility and it chooses it's protective over who it grants that access to. So I think that's an innate thing to an object of good um yeah maybe it's an uh, just an object of power but i think in the way that it's it's shown i think it, it is mm -hmm. for objects yeah, and there's a, there's a there's a i don't know if it's like there's it's almost like there's a sentience but not quite just like just like a magical feeling or magical you know because the book is you know tied to that same way so i think it's good that we have that i don't know i'm just rambling no now. no but i think that's a good point i think that the the because the thing is you also have to remember like isn't it if someone pulls the sword from the stone they become pretty much the king of the whole magical community yeah. and it gives them a lot of power it makes them sort of an invincible force or at least a more powerful force well um, it's kind of like i think that's the thing is is that just like the book of shadows if you think the power and the knowledge inside of the book is what is what allows the charmed ones it's what grants the access of power and status and all of that magic comes from what what's within the book of shadows so i think it's yeah. the same thing with the the sword is that if you have access you are allowed it chooses you to be able to access its power then you know it's that's how you ascend to that place of status and and priv like leadership essentially mm -hmm. i'm going to ask you this question do you think evil wyatt in the future the one that we've seen would have had access to excalibur we do see leo um like has this his hallucinations his barbarous hallucinations of evil wyatt with excalibur but that was a vision or a hallucination it was his right own it was mind. just it was fear so, based it was yeah worst case scenario fear yeah um I think that actually does pose the question of whether it's an object of good or just an object of power. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you, do you have an opinion? Do you think? I mean, see, I, I would believe it's, I see in my mind, I think the sword is innately good. I think it, it wants to propagate a noble cause. So, in my mind, I don't think the actual evil Wyatt from the future had access to Excalibur at all. Wasn't there a time when the Book of Sh No, he no, because he's a Halliwell, so I think he had access to the book. 
even if, even mm-hmm. if he was evil, because I guess it's an extension of him. So if he's evil, right. then the book is evil. Book would change. Okay. Right. Um, Unless he did some kind of magical thing to Excalibur that changed its uh, right affiliation. Um, but I think you're right. I think I would err on the side of I don't think that it would grant him. Um, I think it would sense the evil within him and reject him in the sense that it's not a family. It's not like the book of shadows in the sense that it's not connected to him internally with his family heritage. The book is an object of heritage. So if being a member of the family, he's an innate owner of it. So when it comes to the, the Excalibur, it's not a family heirloom. It's not an object of heritage. So it's not going to have that loyalty. It's going to judge him as it would anyone else. And I think, ultimately Mm -hmm. if he was fundamentally evil or under the influence of it i don't i think it would reject him yeah i believe that too so cool agreed all right i think that's all i got for good yeah i think i think we pretty much covered it that was i think that was a to z yeah cool i'm happy with that uh where can people follow you and find you again (laughs) so my instagram is ethan hinkle art and I have a Patreon where I'm currently making a replica of the Book of Shadows. And um, that is called Hinkles. I also have an Etsy called Hinkles Shop. And you can find me all there. Groovy, groovy. Uh, you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witches everywhere, except for Twitter, where we're Words of Witches. And uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned for part three, where we talk about the neutral parties. <laughs> <laughs> Your destiny is still open.